Alhamdulillah Alhamdulillah Alladhi hadana lihada Wama kunna Linahtadiya lawla An hadana Allah Wajaat rusulu Rabbina bilhaq Wasadaqa almursaloon Waashadu an la Ilaha illa Allah سبحانه عما يقولون علوا كبيرا الملك القدوس السلام المؤمن المهيمن العزيز الجبار المتكبر سبحان الله عما يشركون وأشهد أن سيدنا ونبينا وإمامنا وهادينا محمد صلى الله عليه وآله وسلم عبد الله ورسوله يا أيها المدثر قم فأنذر وربك فكبر فطهر والرجز فهجر ولا تمن تستكثر وليربك فاصبر من يطع الله ورسوله وأولي الأمر من المؤمنين فلا مضل له ومن يعص الله ورسوله وأولي الأمر من المؤمنين فلا هادي له أما بعد Dear committed Muslims One of the major issues that has to be dealt with in all sincerity is our relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and when we say our relationship with Allah it means the relationship of the Muslims in the world with Allah in His Majesty I will begin this khutbah by quoting a hadith Qudsi in which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala conveys to us the following meanings that have to become meaningful not just understood he says azza wa jal ana inda dhanni abdi bi i am what my subject expects of me وَأَنَا مَعَهُ حِينَ يَذْكُرُنِي and I am with him when he is conscious of me now and I am with him 
we have nothing to do here with the sexual dichotomy that has infested the Western or the Occidental mind. We have nothing to do with that. Allah is speaking to his subjects and his subjects are males and females but as a matter of a of facilitating speech the what is called the masculine pronoun is used I am with him when he is conscious of me not when he remembers me this is an insult to the character of committed Muslims as if they are permitted to forget Allah and then remember him I am with him when he is conscious of me فَإِن ذَكَرَنِي فِي نَفْسِهِ ذَكَرْتُهُ فِي نَفْسِي If he, meaning Allah's subject, meaning we, are conscious of Allah in ourselves, that's in our hearts, in our feelings, in our minds, and in our thoughts. You know, when we go and do something, you're driving. One thing, that's one thing many people do, you drive. Are you conscious of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala when you're driving? When you're transacting a business, when you're buying or selling something, are you conscious of Allah when you're doing that? When you're speaking to members of your family, are you conscious of Allah when you're doing that? This consciousness of Allah is what Allah Azza wa Jal expects from us. فَإِن ذَكَرَنِي فِي نَفْسِهِ ذَكَرْتُهُ فِي نَفْسِهِ if you are conscious of Allah in yourself, Allah is conscious of you in His self. This is a very significant means. It's not, not something simple we just mention and keep on going in the fast lane. Take time. Pause and think of what Allah Ta'alat hikmatuhu is saying. If you are conscious of him in yourself, he's conscious of you in his self. Wa in the karani fi malain the kartuhu fi malain khairim min. And if he mentions and if he is conscious of me in a crowd of people I am conscious of him in a, in a crowd that is better than that crowd of people وَإِن ذَكَرَنِي فِي مَلَئٍ 
ذكرته في ملأ خير منه وإن تقرب إلي شبرا تقربت إليه ذراعا It's like saying if he meaning we if he approaches me by as much as one foot I will approach him by a meter وَإِن تَقَرَّبَ إِلَيَّ ذِرَاعًا تَقَرَّبْتُ إِلَيْهِ بَاعًا And if, he's, if he approaches me by meters, I will approach him by kilometers. That's what the expression means. Now you think about this. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is telling you, if you just have a consciousness of him and think about yourself in life moving towards him at a certain speed he amplifies all of that by leaps and bounds so how can anyone become hopeless how can anyone become distressed how can anyone become sad How can anyone become fearful when you are living this reality that is described in this hadith Qudsi? وَإِنْ أَتَانِي يَمْشِي أَتَيْتُهُ هَرْوَلَ And if he comes to me walking, I go to him running. This see as clear as this hadith Qudsi is with its relevant meanings it seems like people they just understand something but they don't actualize it that's the mis- missing component it's not just that even though understanding also is a function of knowledge and we have problems in that area because people don't want to think But even when people turn on their thinking capacity and understand what is said, as there is no ambiguity in Allah's speech to us, but then they don't want to actualize this. They behave. There are certain times in life when you can detect or observe your own behavior or the behavior of others and then you judge for yourself and watch and see whether people are living in the presence of Allah with the consciousness of Allah and then moving in life towards Allah we say in our our salah guide us to a path that is straightforward so asking Allah in this form because we are on a path we are in a movement in life no one is static and still you are you're going somewhere 
whether you're physically going somewhere or you're psychologically going somewhere, and better yet, both of them combined, where are you going? Ask yourself. Now, this Hadith Qudsi, we can place it in the context of Ayat in the Qur'an in which we find that it has a perfect fit. And we'll take some of these ayat from the Qur'an to see how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala reinforces what he says in a hadith Qudsi with what he says in the Qur'an. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in a ayah 40 in Surah Al-Baqarah he says وَأَوْفُوا بِعَهْدِي you honor your pledge to me and I will honor my pledge to you and this comes this word this promise comes from Allah it's not coming from someone who doesn't have the capacity or the capability to do something you honor your word to me and I will honor my word to you. Okay, what are some of his words to us? Or what are, what are some of our obligations to him? If you offer Allah the support that is due to him in your capacity Allah doesn't need our support but there are issues in life where we stand for what Allah wants or decrees and if we do so he will come to our support and when he comes to our support what else is there why do we look for support from from somewhere else from someone else from another power what justifies there's no justification for that Allah in another uh, ayah in Surah Al-Baqarah ayah 152 how simple in a couple of words be conscious of me and I will be conscious of you. There's a result that is generated by an effort. And it doesn't take what what uh, what type of energy are is going to be depleted from you if you are conscious of Allah it doesn't require physical capabilities it doesn't require college degrees it it only thing it requires is to be aware of Allah in your life in whatever you are doing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in another ayah in Surah Al-Ma'idah 
يا أيها الذين آمنوا من يرتد منكم عن دينه فسوف يأتي الله بقوم يحبهم ويحبونه O you who are securely committed to Allah in his power for justice whoever of you relinquishes his deen then Allah will come will bring forth those who he loves and they love him now stop for a moment and think about this ayah at the beginning of the ayah Allah says those of you who give up on their deen you don't, want, you don't want this deen or its responsibility or responsibilities and everything that comes with it uh, you don't want that anymore as a it's not talking to individual now it's talking about as a whole من يرتد منكم عن دينه فسوف يأتي الله بقوم يحبهم ويحبونه then Allah is going to bring forth in your stead people who he loves and they love him he didn't say he's going to bring forth people who adhere to Islam because he's or he didn't uh, come uh, uh, express the last half of this ayah by saying that he is going to bring forth a people who will honor their deen. He said, if you relinquish the responsibilities of this deen, then he is going to bring in your stead people whom he loves and they love him. And love is a matter of what? It's a matter of consciousness. Can someone love without a conscience, without being, without having awareness? Can someone do that? Unless they're animals, of course. I don't know if, anim- if we can use the word love in the animal kingdom. But for those who are confused, So the affection for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is like the core of the dhikr of Allah. And if we don't have that, then where are you going? What are you doing in life? Allah is not some mechanical fiqhi information. People, you know, they go study and they get degrees and they get acknowledgments and endorsements and all of this because they spent 5, 10, 15 years in a certain Islamic institution of education and higher learning and academics and these types of things. And then what? And then we have a problem in this world. People don't, average persons who don't know anything about Allah or anything about his prophet, or anything about Islam. They don't want any of this. Why? Because they don't see the element of the dhikr of Allah 
and the love of Allah in these types of individuals who become a problem. These individuals become a problem. They stand between the average people and Allah. Tabaraka wa ta'ala. This is what we have, one of the problems we have because there's no no element of dhikr, no element of hub, none of those. Just like, you know, people who go through motions. Oh, it's time for salah, they'll go up and down and this and it's all over and get it over with. If they don't say it like this, but their behavior is saying, I want to get this over with and leave. You leave where? Allah calls Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala calls you to pray five times a day. You think between those five times Allah is absent or you're on your own? Allah doesn't exist anymore in yourself, in your heart, in your mind, in your conscience. He doesn't exist anymore. And and listen to some of these ayat in which Allah says He likes, He loves, He adores, He respects these types of people. Now, who are these people? These are Quranic terminology that you're going to be uh, familiar with. Inna Allah yuhibbu tawabin wa yuhibbu mutatahirin. See, Allah is telling you who He loves, who He wants in His affection zone, so to speak. فَإِنَّ اللَّهَ يُحِبُّ الْمُتَّقِينَ وَاللَّهُ يُحِبُّ الصَّابِرِينَ Allah is offering us the opportunity to be in His area of affection. إِنَّ اللَّهَ يُحِبُّ الْمُقْصِطِينَ But we just pass by none of this. وَأَحْسِنُوا إِنَّ اللَّهَ يُحِبُّ الْمُحْسِنِينَ And when you come to the word أَحْسِنُوا and مُحْسِنِينَ This is also another one of these areas that, uh, you know, it's translated as a certain word and it's dead. The word is dead upon translation. When Allah says وَأَحْسِنُوا إِنَّ اللَّهَ يُحِبُّ الْمُحْسِنِينَ Ihsan is to improve something to make it better. Whatever you are doing, you improve it and make it better. You take a look at the condition of Muslims in this world. What are they taking in the real world and improving it, making it better? If they do something like that, Allah will like them and love them. But who's doing something like that? وَأَحْسِنُوا إِنَّ اللَّهَ يُحِبُّ الْمُحْسِنِينَ A position of principle here for 35 years, Allah gives the opportunity for those who enlist themselves as committed Muslims giving the opportunity to improve on what was a catastrophe 
breaking the ranks of Muslims, excluding Muslims, discriminating against Muslims, banning Muslims, barring Muslims, doing all of this, you stand up for what is right and you turn the tide to improve the condition that has been imposed upon you. But if Allah is not in you, is not with you, is not among you, is not within you, then what, how are you gonna? How is something gonna come about? How is the result gonna be achieved? وَأَحْسِنُوا إِنَّ اللَّهَ يُحِبُّ الْمُحْسِنِينَ أَقُولُ قَوْلِ هَذَا وَأَسْتَغْفِرُ اللَّهَ لِي وَلَكُمْ وَدْعُوهُ سُبْحَانَهُ وَتَعَالَى وَأَنْتُمْ عَلَى يَقِينٍ بِالْإِجَابَةِ الحمد لله الذي هدى وصلى الله وسلم على سيدنا المصطفى وعلى آله وصحبه أولي النهى وأولي التقى Dear committed Muslims, brothers and sisters A consciousness of Allah does not mean that we withdraw from what is happening in the world what is happening here or what is happening on the other side of the globe it doesn't mean that some people think if we are going to become dhakirin وَالذَّاكِرِينَ اللَّهَ كَثِيرًا وَالذَّاكِرَاتِ when people think that, oh, we are going now to encase ourselves in the dhikr of Allah and thereby we are going to cut ourselves off from the real world. This is a devastating type of approach. You'll find no basis for it in Allah's revelation or in the Prophet's instructions. None. Today we had in, and now it's in the real world, we come with the dhikr of Allah, with the love of Allah in our heart, and we come and take a look, open our eyes. Allah is not speaking to us in, when we are in a coma, or, or when we are in some spiritual high. Allah is speaking to us when we are in the real world. And this is what's happening in the real world. A khatib today ascends the minbar in al-Masjid al-Haram in Mecca. And he speaks and he speaks, of course. You probably have a flavor of their types. But at the end he says, this is what he says. He makes a dua. Allahumma alayka bil yahud wal al-muhtallin. Oh Allah. It's up to you to take care of Al-Yahud and those who have usurped and occupied. And that's in reference, of course, to the occupation of Palestine. Allah, or colonization of Palestine. Allahumma alayka bihim. O Allah, 
take care of their affair. Take care of it, not take care of it, meaning, you know, be with them. Mean take care of ridding us of them. Allahumma alayka bihim fa'innahum la yu'jizunak. For they are not capable of overpowering you. You are not incapable of doing that. Allahumma anzim alayhim ba'saka alladhi la yurad. O Allah, bring down upon them your might that has no diversion or distraction to it. الذي لا يرد عن القوم المجرمين Your might and your your ferocious might cannot be barred from a society that is criminal. Now, this is what he said. I verbatim quoted what this person said. You want Allah to come and do the fighting? This is this is going to require sacrifices. It's going to require a struggle. It might require a war like the world has never seen before. You want Allah to do all of that? Astaghfirullah. Where are you? What are you doing? Look at your bosses. What are they doing? You can't seize the initiative and assume the responsibilities with the dhikr and the love of Allah in you, you have none. That's our problem. They have none. The crown prince, this punk prince, who, I don't know, any month now or any time in the near future is going to become the king. The son's king is going to replace his father and become the king, if nothing else happens, of course. That's the way. So this person comes across, makes public statement that there's a triangle of evil in that region of the world. And he, he explains what that triangle of... This is when this crown prince who's coming to the United States, I don't know, next week or sometime this later on this month. He embarked on a journey. He went to Egypt, from Egypt to Britain, and then from Britain he's coming here. That's what they tell us. When he was in Egypt, he said that there's a triangle of evil in that area. And he described that triangle as Turkey, Iran, and radical or extremist Muslims. I can't remember the exact word. One publication said radical, another one said extremist. Whatever it is, we understand what he's talking about. Why can't and, and then this person is trafficking with those who are colonizing Palestine. And this khatib who ascends the minbar in Mecca wants Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to liberate Palestine in his dua. What are you doing? 
What's your contribution to the liberation of Palestine? And then he goes on to say, Allahumma inna nadra'u bika fi nuhurihim wa na'udhu bika min shururihim. This same person in the haram in Mecca of all places. Now this, if this was a Saudi type of individual who's giving a khutbah somewhere in a God-forsaken village, okay, you know. But this is in the haram in Mecca, al-masjid al-haram. And he's not doing anything. This, his attitude and his words remind us of Bani Israel. اذهب أنت وربك فقاتلا إنها هنا قاعدون. When it comes time to assume responsibility, no, they don't want anything to do with it. Let God do the fighting. More or less, that's what they're saying. What's happening in that kingdom of evil? Forbes magazine last year noted 10 billionaires, not millionaires, billionaires, Saudi Arabian billionaires on its list of those types of people. This year, none. None were mentioned. They mentioned some billionaires from Egypt, but no billionaires now from Saudi Arabia. Does it know something we don't know? What happened? Just last year, there were 10 of them who were billionaires. They're no longer billionaires. These people who ascend the minbar, whether it's in Arabia, in other Muslim countries, or even here or in other places in the West, where there are masajid and Islamic centers, can't they mention these types of this is this is a fact this is what's happening you can't say something like that in al madina al munawwara the prophet's city they had a fashion show for the first time now there have and of all places can't they pick another place but this they're saying to us you muslims you can't even wake up and speak Truth to power, see what's happening to you. As we mentioned previously, the Pakistani government sent some contingent of troops to Saudi Arabia to secure the royal family. That royal family now, it's becoming more clear, we mentioned this, and right now it's almost confirmed. Air India just came out yesterday and said that it has been given rights to fly over Saudi Arabia to Israel. It's going to be three flights a week beginning the 22nd of, the, of this month, March. What are the, the Pakistani khutaba, ulama, speakers, intellectuals, what do they say about this? Or it's going to short-circuit their mind if they speak on the subject. This crown prince now has a committee that is studying how to build a resort in the Jordanian city of Al-Aqaba. It's another place where they want to bring in tourists. Remember now, they want tourists. Let's see if they can get away with something like that.
Yesterday was International Women's Day, wherever that came from and to whoever honors that type of thing. But all of a sudden, Saudi women feel now that this is the time when they can come out. And so they began to run in a marathon in the streets of Jeddah. This is what happens in a kingdom that goes from one, now it's bouncing. This is what happens when we don't have the love of Allah in our heart and the word of Allah in our mind. This is what happens. Now a short history of Saudi Arabia to, to show you the extremism that they live in. Their founding king, Abdul Aziz, he never left his kingdom except once. When he met with Roosevelt, remember? Maybe you've seen that picture many times. Somewhere in the Red Sea, on an aircraft carrier, whatever it was. That's the only time he left the kingdom. The rest of the time he was there. Look at what's happening now. From living in a phobia, now they trek the world. Literally, they go on their private jets and they go on other types of means of transportation all over the world. Now you tell me that is not an, an extreme there to an extreme here. This Abdul Aziz tried to take over Yemen. He didn't succeed. He sent his son Faisal to do the same thing. Also did not succeed. So he entered in begrudgingly. See, all of this is coming out right now in their war against Yemen because they held this grudge for so long. So begrudgingly they, they reached some type of accommodation with the ruler of Yemen at the time, Hamid al-Din, but it was a tense type of relationship between them. And then the King Saud, another corrupt monarch, during the time of Abdul Nasir, tries to bribe, now, bribe, we are Muslims, and this is supposed to be the ruler of the holy land. Al-Ard al-Muharrama, Al-Ard al-Haram. This King Saud tried to bribe one of the confidants of Abdul Nasir to assassinate him. Of course, this guy's name is Abdul Hamid al-Sarraj. He went with this information to Abdul Nasir. Said, this is what happened. They gave me money and they wanted to kill you. That's how. Now, you think if uh, people with the dhikr of Allah, with the love of Allah, would they do something like this? No, it's something new. It hasn't been done before or attempted before. Yeah, but we have to learn. We have to wake up. We have to see who we are dealing with. And then there was the war in Yemen. This is not the first war in Yemen. Back in the 1960s, there was 
a war between Saudi Arabia and Egypt that was fought in Yemen directly and through proxies. That war resulted in a type of Egyptian Vietnam. It's reported Egypt lost over 50,000 troops in that war. And finally, it was solved between King Faisal and Abdel Nasser. The kingdom of Saudi Arabia would recognize the republic now. It's no longer a kingdom. The Republic of Yemen. And Abdel Nasser would withdraw his troops from Yemen. Truth be said, among all, they're all corrupt. All of the monarchs of the Arabian Peninsula are corrupt to the bones. It runs in, corruption runs in their veins. King Faisal, if we can measure proportions of corruption, was the least corrupt among them. With all of his differences with Egypt and Syria, when the 1973 war broke out, he had the determination to say, if you think we are going to be victimized by the Zionists and the Israelis, you better think again, because we can turn off the oil. That's all we can, just turn it off. And they, there was an oil crisis after the, what's called the October War of 1973, Harb Ramadan, for those who know Arabic. There was an oil crisis all over the place. When Abdel Nasser died, not many people know this, when Abdel Nasser died, King Faisal's daughter ran up to him happy and almost singing. It's something like, dead, dead, your enemy now is dead. He told her, don't say anything like that. I became a great man because I was in a controversy with a great man. And you can't say this in, inside their own kingdom now. You can't say something like this, which is the truth. That's what happened. I want to remind you of the shuhada. Today is the ninth. Make sure. Today is the ninth of March. On the ninth of March, nineteen sixty-nine, a general who was fighting what was called the War of Attrition, Harb al-Istinzaf at the Suez Canal, his name is Abdul Munim Riyadh, was killed on this day in 1969. On this same day, there was a person known as the Palestinian Che Guevara in Gaza. He was martyred on this same day. When he was martyred, 
the war minister in the Israeli entity, Moshe Dayan, the one-eyed general, he said, because Gaza was under Israeli colonization at that time, he said, we were in charge of Gaza during the daytime and Mahmoud, this martyr, Al-Aswad, he was in charge of Gaza during the night. On the 9th of March, 1975, another Palestinian, Dalal al-Mughrabi, executed daring operations on the coast of Palestine, occupied, colonized Palestine. And then, after that, the minister of war said, this time we are going to respond in a different manner. And the following month, the Israelis got involved in warfare inside of Lebanon. The Lebanese, on the 13th of April, the Lebanese civil war broke out. But who remembers? Who remembers these types of events? Our Islam is not one that incarcerates us inside ourselves. Our Islam is an Islam that is in touch with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and we become the catalyst between the will of Allah and the machinations of man. If we are not located in that area, we will spend a life in loss. Allahumma arina al-haqqa haqqan warzuqna attiba'ah. وَأَرِنَا الْبَاطِلَ بَاطِلًا وَارْزُقْنَا اجْتِنَابَهُ وَلَا تَجْعَلْهُ مُلْتَبِسًا عَلَيْنَا وَاجْعَلْنَا لِلْمُتَّقِينَ إِمَامًا رَبَّنَا إِنَّنَا سَمِعْنَا مُنَادِيًا يُنَادِي لِلْإِيمَانِ أَنْ آمِنُوا بِرَبِّكُمْ فَآمَنَّا ربنا فاغفر لنا ذنوبنا وكفر عنا سيئاتنا وتوفنا مع الأبرار ربنا وآتنا ما وعدتنا على رسلك ولا تخزنا يوم القيامة إنك لا تخلف الميعاد ربنا صل على محمد وآل محمد وبارك على محمد وآل محمد وصل على إبراهيم وآل إبراهيم وبارك على إبراهيم وآل إبراهيم في العالمين إنك حميد مجيد بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم والعصر إن الإنسان لفي خسر إلا الذين آمنوا وعملوا الصالحات وتواصوا بالحق وتواصوا بالصبر ومن أظلم ممن منع مساجد الله أن يذكر فيها اسمه وسعى في خرابها 
أولئك ما كان لهم أن يدخلوها إلا خائفين لهم في الدنيا خسي ولهم في الآخرة عذاب عظيم إن الله يأمركم أن تؤدوا الأمانات إلى أهلها وإذا حكمتم بين الناس أن تحكموا بالعدل إن الله نعم يعظكم به إن الله كان سميعا بصيرا ولذكر الله أكبر والله يعلم ما تصنعون وأقم الصلاة الله أكبر الله أكبر أشهد أن لا إله إلا الله أشهد أن محمد رسول الله 